This week Nintendo's ex-indie head goes indie, maybe he should stop by the Ohio Game Dev Expo because we hear the behemoths laid a golden egg. Stick around through these never-ending nightmares because you never know what you'll be dealt in the hand of fate. This madness and more in episode 22 of the Indie Game Riot! Everybody, this is Josh and Jan. This is episode 22 of the Indie Game Riot. Uh, yes, we're a little bit hungover from uh, our 21st. You know, who 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 isn't after 21? Exactly. I was plastered. I gotta say. Uh, but yeah, how's how's things going for you guys? I think everybody's really tired. Yeah, this is Exhausted. this has been a ridiculous week. I think for yeah. Just everyone, but Rev, Rev was explaining stuff b- before the recording of the show and. It went on for a while. I'm like, I, I understand these words. I know exactly what you're doing. So, so and that was only up to like noon on Saturday. Ex- explain in in layman's terms. In layman's terms. Yeah, I was gonna try to condense the abridged version. Condense my epic story. Yeah. Okay, so I started my new job uh, three weeks ago, and uh, it, it's been a blast. I'm having a lot of fun with it, and everything's going great. Uh, this weekend was a major project. We were replacing the entire networking infrastructure for a, uh, a uh, community service organization, and that's all I can really say about it. Um, but... Uh, yeah, so we're, we're taking out all of their network, replacing all of the hardware, putting it back in, re-networking everything. Cool. Not a big deal. Uh, in the last week, starting Monday at 5.30 a.m., uh, I have not gotten to bed before 1 a.m. and gotten awake at 5.30 a.m. every single day, and I put in just under 80 hours of billable work, not not even counting time, like my lunch breaks that I work through anyways. Making that paper, uh, baby. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So fortunately, this is a, one of those rarity type occasions. Like this has been a big, huge project that's been needed to be done for years. And uh, they fired their old IT guy. We took over and hey, it's done. So yeah, I'm looking forward to sleep tonight. Well, I gotta say, it seems like you're actually enjoying your your new employers. Oh, I'm I'm having like a blast. Really- these guys are these guys are a lot of a lot of fun. It, it's a little bit there. There's occasions where it's a little bit awkward, uh, <laughs> just because what? I'm kind of a. It's the the new guy syndrome, uh, and B. I, I've I'm not necessarily the uh, the, just, the average human being. <laughs> I just imagine like so. How are you liking it here? How how are you liking it here, Rev? Um, okay. Like you're just like no. twisting your foot in the dirt, like. <laughs> no, it's not quite that bad. It's, you should watch my podcast. <laughs> Why do you make him sound like Herbert the Pervert? Yeah, I don't know. You should watch my podcast. I got, I, I got some candy in the bag. <laughs> Get your over here. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun, though. 
No, it, it really is. And and I got some of the best feedback that I've gotten because I make it a policy for the first, you know, little while to, to ask, you know, hey, any concerns, anything like that, blah, blah, blah. Just to make sure I'm meeting their lines in case there's any miscommunications. And, uh, and the owner of the company gave me probably some of the best work feedback I've ever heard. And that was, um, I am... I, how did you say it? I am pleasantly surprised at your at your level of skill. Uh, we hired you based on on the level that you interviewed at, and I think that your, your actual skill that you're demonstrating is exponentially better uh, and and higher skilled than than what you interviewed at. And we're just like, oh, cool. Did you get that in writing, like an email? <laughs> hey, that's good. Uh, that's good that's, reference right there. If yeah, you ever need it. Um. Yeah, how about, how about you? How about you, Tech? Yeah, you had well, a crazy weekend, sir. I, I had a crazy weekend. Um, I actually took part in a, a Frederick County's 72-hour film fest this weekend that started Thursday night, uh, officially at 9 o'clock, um, and ended last night um, at 9 o'clock. And I really wish it would have ended sooner, but uh, as people who may have been part of uh, film fests like that would know... Um, things rarely go according to plan. The The theme this year was Hollywood movie mashups so that nobody could write a script beforehand. Um, obviously, that's how these things go. You're given criteria and you make a thing completely new in 72 hours. And we were get, we randomly got Shawshank Redemption meets Thelma and Louise. I feel At like first, that's actually pretty You know, everyone lucky. was like, oh no. And then we were like, wait a second. Two people breaking out of prison, two people on a road trip right. from the cops. Right. This is perfect. Yeah, that's why was, that's an easy combination. Yeah, exactly. Um, and 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 it, and it really was. The, the writing's pretty good. Um, I'll probably have links to you get for you guys uh, next week because the world premiere debut is um, next Friday. All the stars are going to be there yeah, all, all at the, the Chinese Dragon Theater, <laughs> and, wherever the hell it's and, called. Um, uh, what it came it, it came to culmination. Uh, the last night, so so basically uh, Friday and Saturday, my team likes to do shoot days, and then Sunday is basically me to edit everything. Now I'm usually behind a, behind a camera. This year I was behind a camera and editing, and I usually edit. Um, and we weren't able to get a very important shot on Saturday because we lost light and we lost an actor because of work. So the what happened was everyone else except for me woke up, drove out. 45 minutes to the location up north at like 7 in the morning got the footage, came back I am editing it, I get to this point of editing, I, w- I went to bed that night at like 4 in the morning because I was throwing stuff together before Sunday uh, I get to that part in editing about noon and I realized that they didn't turn the mic on for every single shot they got oh god so so all of a sudden <laughs> I have the most important shot that voiceover. Everybody, that everybody well see that's the beauty of it is that this entire thing had voiceover because of Shawshank Redemption. You know, Shawshank Redemption. Oh, with the uh, and, narration. With, with Morgan Freeman narrating. And this is the only time that... Who played Morgan Freeman, that's why. That, uh, um, my girlfriend actually did. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 I would pay money if your girlfriend was able to, like, like actually do Morgan Freeman's voice. No, no. Like, she, hey, uh, hey, Tech, how are you? And then... Yeah, <laughs> we both got it. In the end, it, I can't it, quote it, that. It all it all sort of worked out. Like we we rewrote that whole last part. Um, she got all the the voice acting done that day, which like for someone who'd never voice acted before, did a fine job. 
um, coming Josh and I coming from voice acting backgrounds, uh, you, you know that like in my head there there are things that I had issues with, but I was like, we have we don't have time. I love you. It's fine. It's it's okay. We're fine. Um, uh, so we I, I finished the edit. Uh, it's sixteen. It's six minutes and fifteen seconds exactly. And then we have to render. And at this point, it's eight o'clock. And the de- the turn in time is nine. And it, and it is twenty minutes away. <laughs> You're like it's like rendering. It's like you have like an hour to render. It's like an hour and one minute. Yes. <laughs> so so we we turned it in with five minutes to spare, and and the entire weekend culminated in us running down the street to turn in this film, and. I think it turned out a lot better than anybody was expecting, especially given 72 hours. And I got a good night's sleep last night and I'm going to get one tonight. And so Rev and I are basically in the same boat. So enough about me, Josh, what have you been up to? I don't even want to talk about my week. My week is like, you guys have just had busy weeks. My week's just been crap. Just dealing with stupid people. Just dealing with stress and stupid. Like, and I work in like retail grocery store customers and, Holy hell! People are stupid and rude and self-entitled. Just I, I don't and even. They all just happened to stop by that week. Well, Friday was <laughs> Friday was terrible. Friday was terrible, and yeah. uh, you know, Whizfish Casey, he 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 works with me actually, and uh, <laughs> uh, it was like I don't know. Uh, Friday was so bad that we actually started snapping at each other just because it was like in the bad moods. It was like that bad. Like that was happening at 72, but I mean, this is six people that have been crammed in my house for like right. two days. And it's like, but these, uh, like I had like, there's this lady that comes up, we call her the fresh lady. And, uh, because every day or every day, not every day, but every time she comes in, she goes up to the counter. What'd you get in fresh today? And like, really like, like it's like the seafood, especially because the seafood and meat, the department I work in. Yeah. And it's like everything. Everything is fresh. It's it's fresh fish. You don't want fresh. There's the frozen section over there. You go get the frozen. This is fresh. Yeah. But she doesn't believe you. She's like, get it out of the back. I'm like, no. Um, but she's like, she's a really self entitled. And she came over to me, asking about a roast. And uh, it was like, I don't know. She she asked me a question about a roast, and I'm in the middle of explaining it to her. And she like, she's like, okay, 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 okay. And then like, you know, like cuts me off mid sentence and like kind of gives me the hand you know the 90s hand like talk uh, to it uh, uh, yeah <laughs> and like the uh, really self yeah i just like in the middle of the sentence i was like really i i don't know i was like straight out ignoring and i'm usually really good with customer service i'm usually really good with customer service but i was like straight out rude to people i am not to be flexed with little dog yeah i don't know <laughs> i i'm pretty good with it but but there were this is like i, I was like straight out it wasn't rude. It was just like this is what they deserve. Like the crap I was. <laughs> anyway, it was. Is this just was this a new moon. I don't. <laughs> I, bl- I don't know. So, so, so you were ready to like, like, just start rioting in the store, right? Ha 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 ha! That's not the one we're going into, though. Um, oh. But you know what? I could have taken though. Oh, I looked that bad. I'm sorry. Uh, tech. I, I tried to inject uh, the wrong. No, no, no. <laughs> You can't can't save that. You can't save that transition. So we're just going to move on to Indy's Injection. Are you bored with the same old games? Yeah. Why, then give yourself an Indie News Injection. Thanks, Indie Games. 
You've played Alien Hominid. You crashed some awesome castles in Castle Crashers. I, have, I definitely have crashed castles. Crashed castles. Says, uh... <laughs> and, <laughs> and now the behemoth is going to start funding some of your favorite games, possibly, in the near future. Future awesome games funded by the behemoth. Yes, they are not a publishing company, but they are willing to give loans to game developers who are making games that they believe in and and just to uh just point out it's not it's not really a it's a loan but it's not a loan in traditional sense because they don't have to pay interest no and, and not only that but they aren't a investor which needs uh ip rights or um turn on investment exactly or- it's it's basically we have a lot of money use some for a little bit and get it back to us. <laughs> it's like a car. They're basically giving away cars to indie devs. It's like, make sure to get it back by nine. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but, but I think this is awesome because like we, you know, we've talked about behemoth probably like on, a, we've talked about them on a lot of episodes, whether we're talking about a game that they've released or uh, just using them as a, as a example. Point. Exactly. Well, because they're one of the original, like, the indie game boom they're one of the originals that came out of that with uh castle crashers and they really um they 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 talk about how they define themselves as indie because they funded it themselves uh even though they were on consoles and when that happened that the question of well no they they i mean i guess it's kind of the same thing with uh what was it um super giant games they got they were they were they were published by wb games but that doesn't mean that they gave them money to do it. Like the way, and they didn't like use their resources. The only thing that they used from those publishers was their connections. Yeah, that exactly. Was really, all it is. And also with um, uh, as another example of somebody that we've talked about, and two, Jay Tholen being picked up by oh crap, I've totally Devolver spaced. Digital. De- Devolver Digital uh, with Dropsy the Clown. But that's and- not. That's that's that publisher in itself is indie because that's yeah, well, exactly. Um, but but this isn't quite. They aren't a, a publisher. They're they're giving money to devs. They're just the nice guy next door. Yeah, they're, sort of. they're just doing. They're they're doing what everybody does on Indiegogo or Kickstarter for a game, except with a much larger amount of money. Right. They're like those guys who donate $10,000 to a project to get cool stuff, except they're really only asking for their investment back. Right. Now, does it say, I I didn't see you because I didn't, I just kind of skimmed through the second half of it, but do they say like what happens if for some reason the game doesn't get that return? Like say, just, just speaking, like say they need $100,000 for, for um, their game for whatever reason and they gave it to them. Because they were like, we believe in your game, but then they don't get that back. Because you know, not 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 that they don't give it back, but like the game doesn't doesn't get that in in, in profit. Um, I I really wish I knew the answer to that, and like I'm currently even like searching the like like the information on it, like with with like the search like like return, yeah, or or like pay back, um. Uh, it's funding the eyebrow eventually had to pay back. I, but didn't, payment, I didn't really payment see structure anything. is described as being very loose. Checks are cut to the recipient developer and the amounts are paid back when they get the money. Um, so it's sort of like, uh, I guess you do 
I mean, they do have to pay contract. Yeah. It's sort of like a, if, if, um, credit cards didn't screw you. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) Well, I think something something that's going to, I think something that they're doing that's going to help mitigate that risk as it were, uh, is the fact that they are, um, a, they're not, you know, accepting people that approach them. Well, yeah, they're, they're, they're reaching out. Right. Yeah, they're the ones that are reaching out. They are also, you know, not necessarily going to go to somebody who has a tech demo and say, "Hey, here's eighty thousand dollars. Finish making your game." Yeah, it, um, it looks they're, like they're they're taking developers who have a game that is going to be made and saying, "Make this faster." Now, yeah. or, or you guys are nearing nearing completion. Here's how to, yeah, here's how to, here's to finish it. And I'm sure they have connections of themselves, you know, just like a publisher, because I mean, they, they've, they're, like I said, being one of the originals through the indie game boom, and they got published technically through Microsoft, because on Xbox Live and all of that sort of stuff, but, um, so they, I'm sure they have plenty of connections, but right now they're, they're currently funding a, a specific game, correct? I'm sorry, say that again? They're currently funding a specific game, correct? Uh, yes. It lo- they are funding uh, Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time, uh, which is a... Um, space like a- bunnies. Yeah, it's, it's basically uh, two like space astronauts things in this uh, globe where you have to do a bunch of stuff and work together to fend off a bunch of uh, aliens trying to attack you and, and make sure that all the things... It's kind of like... It's hard to explain. Like we might talk about it later. I thought uh, that was wait. Or, which maybe because I was reading actually a different thing. Because uh, I was looking at uh, Asteroid Base. Oh, Asteroid Base. Or is no, that Asteroid the, Base? Is the that's the studio? Making- uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. why. I, that's why I got confused. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, it it sounds considering that the the game is basically Asteroid Base. Yeah. That's why I was confused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And that game looks really cool. Like in general, I was watching and like this. This looks like a game I would play. Yeah, I would play that game. Um, and, and also like, I, I feel like we talk about double fine. We talk about the big indie devs and how with double fine. It's weird saying that's like an oxymoron. Big indie Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) but like we, we trust, at least I trust that they aren't dumb and obviously they aren't dumb because they got to where they are now because of them not being dumb. So they know how it works at this point. and, And, and on top of that, like, there's there's always a risk in investment like the the bloomberg channel is on in my house at some point during the day almost every single day and all of the ads on bloomberg are basic are basically make sure that you understand that there is risk in buying stock and all this other stuff and like yeah there's a risk in investing in anything and obviously that's clear and the obviously the reward for um uh, behemoth here isn't great other than that you know they are funding awesome games and they're helping indie games well, it's, it, it's also it, it's the helping of the community it's the fact like this is this is i see it very much as this is their way of giving back to everybody that gave so much to them you know not necessarily like like we we, we talk a lot about the, the the community and how everybody you know not everybody, but the vast majority of people are, you know, interconnected and, and want to help each other out. And that's how you end up with people that are, you know, technically direct competitors, 
doing, you know, helping each other out with coding on their games and stuff like that. So I think this is a is a more direct method of doing so and mm -hmm. i i, I want to give them props i, I have to give them well props. and and being us who we are like that's that's kind of like what indie game riot has been about this whole time it's one of our yeah. main goals yeah. is to do that but sort of thing and that's what we want to do yeah we we care and, and this this shows that they care about not only them and and where they sit in the indie scene but the indie scene itself where right. it go where it's going how is it going to grow and how can we help that move along right just we're, we're able to relate and that's why i yeah. can appreciate this even yeah. more and just to point out too their connection uh their connection with newgrounds because tom fault co-founder of behemoth founder of newgrounds.com newgrounds hosts all those free games and a lot of indie devs get their start there with web games um, and I, they, they mentioned in the article Closure that they kind of helped out be, before the whole thing was official. Yeah. Um, and Closure was actually one of those games that were, you know, originally on, on Newgrounds, I believe. Um, I, feel like I have that game. Did we talk about Closure? Not on the show, but it's it's on Steam, so it's possible that you have it. Uh, let's see. Um, but anyway, it, there's a lot of games like that on Newgrounds that I'm sure, you know, if you're a Newgrounds web dev, you know, you that's probably a very good place to get noticed because you know Tom Falp. He, yeah, and we are not hit by them, and we don't have any just sort of transparency. Like we don't have any like can like like Josh and I have talked to Tom Falp. Like you know Josh has had shoutouts, but like we're not up. We aren't getting paid by them to. There's to no talk sponsorship. Them. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but we no, like, we we mentioned them because again, they they love the indie game community and yeah, everything like that. So we love just mentioning that because that's what it's all about. But we're, um, we're actually brought to you by Domino's, <laughs> located in Ohio. Right. <laughs> located right. in Ohio. Located in Ohio, and uh, let's just hope that I, I know that you're what you're doing. But <laughs> let's just, I just want to I just want to say but I'm bad at improv, so I'm just going to say no. No. I, <laughs> That's all, because I just want to say that any indie devs out there that uh, happen to get noticed by by the Gold Egg Project, please don't take advantage of it, and please don't try and screw them over because they have, like you said, loose rules for payback. And I just hope that doesn't backfire for whatever reason. I'm assuming they have good lawyers that you know get it all wrapped up, but I, I just don't want to see this get taken advantage of like that. Yeah. Now, speaking of Ohio, <laughs> <laughs> nice segue. Yeah, speaking of, thanks man, speaking of Ohio, Ohio Game Dev Expo is coming to a town, and by town I mean uh, Ohio. Well, Ohio's <laughs> a state. Yeah, that's in Columbus, Ohio, okay, jerk? Jeez. <laughs> uh, October 24th through the 26th. So uh, that's a weekend if you're in a game dev or fan of game devs or just want to be creeper. Um, go to Ohio Game Dev Expo sometime that weekend and check it out um there's a lot of uh speakers and games that you can play and let's see i'm trying to think who is there um i had the list Mason? up yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Mark Fitzpatrick. you know what i'm trying to help you i'm trying so we don't sound retarded here we go scott foe db coop db cooper db <laughs> cooper <laughs> <laughs> I, I noticed the name and I was like, wait, that's not real, but it's a person. That's a voice actress or voice actor. Um, excuse me. Howard. So Mike Geig, Mike Geig, some of these names, man, Jason Conway. And if you uh, recognize any of these names, uh, you know, to jump up in the air in celebration. If not, then just 
play the games that are there. They're people. They're people that and, do and stuff. Know that right. We're jumping up and down in celebration. Yes, right. Seriously. And if any of these people want to uh, come on the show, you know, if you're listening, but yeah. <laughs> um, but basically, it's it's gonna it's just a good time for game devs to show off their games to each other. And it's really, yeah. I think it's mostly about uh, networking with each other. Yeah. Well, there, there's also a lot about um, they have some game tournaments. Uh, they've got talks on like 3D modeling. Um, right. Audio. Uh, there's audio demo derby. So there's workshops that you can get into if you're. Um, that one's by Sean Beeson. Um, yeah. Microsoft Workshop. Uh, Unity Workshop. A lot. You know, uh, who we were talking to on Twitter recently. Oh, that's serious. Uh, yeah, serious. Uh, the guy, the guy behind the game, serious, is talking about switching his engine over to Unity. And if he goes to Ohio Game Dev Expo, he can uh, check it out uh, and try and get into that workshop there. Yeah, they, um, they have talks about um, designing better games, uh, working with your strengths and weaknesses. Basically, just your game on Steam. Exactly. Also, like, law in the games industry yeah. probably a good idea to. to <laughs> Like it sounds boring, but we've heard so many times about, especially with like kickstarters and things like that. And uh, remember that whole thing with um, uh, the Yogg's cast, their yes, their indie yeah. game. We had like a big uh, discussion about that, uh, as far as like the laws concerned, who who gets screwed over, who who doesn't, all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. Crowdfunding. There's going to be a an, uh, a discussion on crowdfunding. Obviously, a big part of the indie games community is crowdfunding nowadays. Um, yeah. as is Steam. I was going to say, Rev, make sure you see that one. Oh, wait, that's Indicate. Never mind. Yeah, you're going to Indicate. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so in game tournaments, and you talked about it, uh, there's obviously exhibitors and, and merchandise and things like that, just like any other con. So uh, I've, I thought about going to this, but that's one of those things that, you know, being poor kind of sucks. Uh, uh, it, it's, it's far enough... Uh, if you can cover gas and whatnot, I I can buy you a weekend pass. I'm I'm pretty sure I'd be. Well, gas to- is what sucks, <laughs> uh, and then that's also like missed work hours. That's all that sort of stuff. They've, they've also got like a Google Game Developer Group, uh, Grim Brothers, Open Realms, and a lot of other awesome exhibitors out there. So if you're in the uh, Columbus area and want to check this out, you will not be. Uh, disappointed with the amount of stuff that you can do, and let me just tell you, being in Columbus uh, recently this summer, there there isn't a lot there. But like, <laughs> you're gonna this, be bored of shit outside no, of the con. This, this is like the like if you just look at pictures of where this is happening, it is 320,000 square feet. It is of, a big time of of just. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure the behemoth's going to be there because it's on their calendar in Newgrounds, on Newgrounds.com, so I'm pretty sure they're going to be there. So we were just talking about the behemoth, and, uh, you know, if you want to meet Tom Falp, he'll probably be there, and I'm knocking stuff over. Um, Uh, So, price-wise, this one, for the weekend pass, it's 60 bucks. If you are a student, which does require a valid student ID, uh, you get a, a... discount down to 45 bucks and if you're only going for sunday uh it's 30 bucks and so, or if you want to just go to the kickoff party for some weird reason that's 15 bucks yeah and and that is october 24th through the 26th obviously 2014 time. right <laughs> and, and and as of the recording of this it is 17 days and 19 hours away yeah uh, whenever this episode is released um who knows because yeah. <laughs> today is monday and that's usually when it's released but you know yeah. it's all screwed up <laughs> sorry guys uh, drunk. yeah um but you know who should show up at the ohio game dev expo i mentioned in my introduction 
The Germans? Uh, no. No. No, oh, no one wants oh. the Germans there. Just kidding. Germans, think anyone the, listening. The other side of the axis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dan oh, Adelman, right? Yes, the, the the former head of Nintendo's indie development segment. Uh, basically, he was the guy. Uh, if you if you know your your history uh, or recent history, uh, he was the guy that Nintendo hired to interface with indie developers to try and draw them into Nintendo. And Dan has this very amazing trait, and that is he's not gonna lie to you, and that kind of got him in trouble with. Nintendo, you know, there is a there is a couple of incidents is the best way of putting it. Where, <laughs> uh oh, and there goes Rev. Well, <laughs> uh, uh, go ahead. But, but yeah, so um, uh, Dan Alderman, sorry that we lost Rev there, guys. Um, but he's he's going to be working alongside uh, developer Tom Hap uh, to provide um, marketing related and business related. Uh, sides to the uh, Axiom Verge to uh, Axiom Verge development, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, PlayStation exclusive, unfortunately. Not that yeah, we have a problem with PlayStation, but we like to see uh, we like to see games spread across all consoles and and, and operating systems. But that's yeah, besides that, the point here, right? And um, I th- I just think it's awesome that yes, he was uh, like like he has experience with in indie development because he was part of uh, Nintendo's connections with indie devs. And I feel like he, he has a lot to, to give to the community, especially outside of Nintendo's sort of like, we all know Nintendo, they like making the same stuff and they do it well. But now that he's outside of that possibly restrictive environment, I'm not going to speculate on that. <laughs> um, um, you know, I think he'll be able to bring a lot to the table and bring a lot to, um, you know the indie indie gaming with you know his knowledge. Well, and he, did, I'm sorry, I, I just came back oh, for yeah. some reason. Somebody kicked my uh, kicked my router. <laughs> um, so, uh, did we talk about who he's going to be working with? Yes. Yeah. Okay. You, you uh, didn't mention about why he got in trouble with Nintendo. Yeah. Okay, that's well, that's where I was off. Um, so, so he was asked several pointed questions and his response was bluntly honest you know somebody it was something along the lines of if i'm remembering correctly you know would this be worthwhile uh for me to pursue uh you know going through your company being nintendo and his response was basically well it could be but most likely it's not gonna be (laughs) but this is nintendo and nintendo (laughs) hasn't had an original idea since 1980 well, <laughs> wow. I, 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 I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree with you on that, <laughs> but that's probably for another show. Uh, I think that but I think that that sort of like like realistic approach to things might might be good in the indie indie scene because you have a lot of like here on Indie Game Riot. We like to especially in our uh, starting the riot uh, segment, we like to focus on things that like we we care about and we think are actually genuinely good and usually their successes and sometimes you know we've had a few fall through and you know we've told you about those but i think if somebody's in the industry saying no this isn't how it is this is how it is and if that can make good games it's going to help everybody even if it steps on a few people's fingers yeah i like i personally like the bluntness and again we we talked about um you know transparency and i know this isn't 
uh, anything to do with uh, game journalism or anything like that. But it's it's the fact that even in companies themselves, it's nice to know that guys like you know what you're probably not the best fit. As much as we'd like to take your money. Uh, you should probably take it elsewhere because I care about the indie game community and I want you to be successful. And and, and that happens everywhere. Like I, I graduated. I didn't actually graduate with her. I was friends with um, a girl in high school who went on to go to uh, a very prestigious New York art school. She was a really good animator and she got to talking with a bunch of people in Disney and they basically told her, like, if you were born 10 years ago, you would have a job at Disney. But the direction that the company is going we can't hire you. And like people like that are needed. They're, they're yeah. the most, Im- some of the most important people because yes, you have the ideas people and you have the, the people who circle jerk around like ideas and, and, and games, games and, and Oh, your code is so good. No, your code is so good. And, and all this stuff. And then you have the, the people who are talking sense and those are the people who get games done and get games good. Sometimes I, I like know. that. I like that terminology. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and uh, one last thought too is that it's nice. We we talk about it all the time, and not that we want AAA games to like disappear because they're awesome, but uh, it's still nice to see that the indie game community is like the place to be, and that AAA yeah. people are going to the to the indie game community because they want to you know they want their freedom, their creative freedom, and everything yeah. like that. So. Nice to see that happen. And, and and we also touched on this a little bit earlier with uh, games moving to consoles. Mm-hmm. And we know that Nintendo is a very console-based company. Almost, like, exclusively a console-based company, if I'm not mistaken. And Con- Console also, and handheld, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. So, so even though everybody on this show enjoy well maybe not rev rev loves playing his xbox um but uh even, even though we like seeing games on pc because that's how we genuinely generally like playing them having the outreach to consoles because a lot of people own consoles like i don't know a single person who doesn't own a console and i still have my original nes exactly. nice. that's worth the money man and if we can reach them through any any means possible, I am all for it. Absolutely. Well, I, I think I think that kind of ties in. What I would love to see, what I would love to see, is Nintendo start publishing a lot of their their games, especially their their indie side games, on the Ouya. <laughs> well, yeah, I think Ouya is definitely a platform that still has yet to reach its full potential, and I think it just needs it needs that one hit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like it, super it, pixalo. It, <laughs> it, it needs anything. It could be. I don't know. It uh, it needs that one hit to get that attention for Ouya, and then people are gonna be like, "This is the indie game console here, son." Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know they'd be starting a riot, right? Yeah. Aha! See, that's how you do a transition, sir. Starting the riot. <laughs> huh? And this week on Starting the Riot, we have a very, a very scary game. I don't know why I said it like that. But anyway, it's called <laughs> Never Ending Nightmares. Never Ending Nightmares is an adventure game, but it's not, it's, it's, it's not really point and click. It's more of an experience, I would say. Um, and it's not really so much... I wouldn't say it's so much of a uh, like a, a, a game in a traditional sense of like challenging, like oh I got to get through here. There's enemies in it, but they're not the most challenging enemies. It's it's 
it's more of a like uh how would you it's just like an uh, like, like no experience the environment yeah. uh with very good the audio in this game is ridiculous like it messes with your head um and there are a few times it's like there's there's an enemy i don't want to spoil anything but there's an enemy towards the end because i've 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 seen this game the whole way through to the end um there's an enemy at the end of the game that freaks me out, and I don't know if it's just me, or if it's like legitimately creepy. But uh, and, and it's actually uh, s- scary as far as like, other than creepy, it's scary because it's hard to get away from. Oh uh, and there's I w- I'll say that there's three enemies in this game, and it pr- they do progressively get harder because uh, the first one's pretty damn easy to get past the second one is a little bit challenging the third one just like out of nowhere and you're like oh shit and then you have to yeah without spoiling anything um but probably the main the main uh the point the main point of this game is to engross you in the atmosphere what's really unique about it is the art style because they use what do you call it cross hatching is that what that's called yeah, it is what it's called they it's it's black and white except for a few things like the things that are uh like points of interest are in color and blood is in color very very bright red color um and other than that it's black and white and they use to uh differentiate the you know between light and dark areas cross hatching so like shadowed dark areas will be just like crotch hatched crotch crotch hatched (laughs) (laughs) whoops Freudian slip uh it looks terrifying cross hatched uh, yep. you know, the hell out of so it's just like eh, all, all over the place um, and it's but very uh, what do you what, what do you remember those books uh, choose your own adventures yes. no not the choose your own no. adventures <laughs> the, the, the books uh, it was like scary scary bedtime oh, stories oh, or yeah, something like that in the dark. that one yeah, the art style story. reminds me a lot of like that I think the big difference is very that gothic a, and, a lot of yeah but it's very much more straight lines versus like scribbles or like or haphazardly done lines right like it's very it's very straight everything is very like to the point uh it's it's definitely sort of uh caricature e but like that doesn't take away from the fact that this game is like very like atmospherically it is very atmospheric and, and i talk about the art but then like i said the audio is insane like if you make sure you play with headphones and if you have really good headphones use them because you'll hear like you'll be going through you'll be creeping through the the wherever you're at um because there's a few different settings and everything you'll be creeping through and then you'll just hear like this like 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 in the background you're like what was that uh and then you're not sure if you want to run or if you want to hide or like you're not even sure what's going on especially if you don't like i don't want to spoil anything because you don't know you know what is bad thing and what's just bullshit um but yeah basically and uh just to give you kind of like a tidbit of of what the uh developers are saying by the way this is developed by infinitap games i should have mentioned that um i was going to yeah uh <laughs> just to give you uh it is and also it is on pc mac and linux i believe yep and uh they're saying this is a psychological horror game inspired by um the developer's actual battle with mental illness um, which is an interesting take, and it, it kind of harkens like that whole thing kind of harkens back to the whole uh, disability uh, yeah. game jam that we talked about some episodes ago, um, which is kind of cool that they, it, you know, in, not even just that, it's just the brings the whole subject of yeah. uh, how games can translate like um, experience, like life, 
life experiences with yeah. people who may not like understand them very well. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that's cool. And then basically you're taking the role of a guy named Thomas who wakes up from a terrible nightmare and only to find that he's still in a nightmare. So you're just waking up from a nightmare into another nightmare into another nightmare until the end. And there are actually, I believe, uh, three endings that you can get. There, there. After a certain point, there are branching paths depending on the decisions, the the, the, the decisions that you make, um, which is pretty cool. And basically, you're just trying to get through from one end um, to from one nightmare to the other without uh, dying. And uh, there are some pretty disturbing cutscenes also. So That's not for the faint of heart. And actually, if you go on their Steam page, uh, some of the, the one cutscene in particular is actually uh, one of their their images. And it's pretty like ugh. ugh. <laughs> so, so basically what you're saying is I should have somebody else play this game while I just sit there with headphones on and listen to it. Or you can play it yourself and record it because I will watch it. <laughs> You'll watch and, me put my fist through my laptop. <laughs> and fill your roommate's snake again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> For the new listeners, that was uh, an earlier episode that you can probably find. Th- this game also got... Um, uh, an escapist best of 2014 nomination. They were at the indie mega booth in PAX prime, both in 2013 and 2014. Um, and so if that doesn't make you want to play a, this terrifying game, uh, they were recognized on big sushi.fm, which is a cool indie site. And also they have a 79 of a hundred on Metacritic, which is actually a pretty good score. Um, yeah, if you, if you listen to Metacritic, right. If you, listen to Metacritic anyway if you care I think it's a really cool game uh, even if you don't like horror games you're probably not going to like it because it's a horror game um, but I think it's really good and uh, I think $50 it's on Steam it's not a bad not a bad price no, it is definitely. a little bit short but I think the experience is worth it personally definitely and uh, this, but this is on uh, starting the riot yeah yeah <laughs> what about it uh, never mind well, as uh, Tekido gets his mind together, uh, I think we should move on to a little something we call Peep Show. Please give all your attention to Early Access. And in our naughty piece of the show, we have an awesome game. Imagine imagine you're taking uh, Magic the Gathering and crossing it with, say, the combat of God of War and Dungeons and & Dragons. And you're throwing it all together, and what comes out is this amazingly orgasmic adventure. So we are talking tonight about Hand of Fate. Uh, basically, you are facing a demon god thing or somebody who has magical cards. And that is, he's kind of the dungeon master. And uh, he lays out his cards in front of you and your character moves from card to card. And that dictates the path that you take through this adventure. Uh, you know, and you get random stuff like, oh, you fell down a cliff trying to reach that piece of treasure or not. You know, it, it, it's all based on luck of the draw. Uh, And while you're going through this adventure, you also get to draw cards 
that build your deck. So if you want to add more food so that you can move squares uh, without taking a hit point penalty, you can. If you get gold or, you know, get an upgraded weapon, things of that nature. It's a lot of fun. Just going through that, what little bit I have, was fun. And then you get to a combat encounter. And the game changes tempo entirely and it goes from this we're laid out playing across the table and drops you into an arena with your enemies and all of the cards that you have applied in your hand you know your shield your sword and magical armor etc all drops down onto you and your it gets added to your character's uh <clears throat> Your, your character uh, and then you go into combat and it's very hack and slash combat and then as soon as combat is over it loads back out to the hand and the table and oh it's it's a lot of fun now I will say this is a, being on the peep show obviously this is a, a, uh, a near alpha build uh, it's on Steam's early access and uh, it is by far one of the best most interesting concepts that I have played. It's probably, yeah, I was going to say, it's probably one of the most unique games that we've had on Peep Show so far. Yeah. I love the D&D aspect of it, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I will say that this game feels, at least in the deck building aspect of it, it feels a lot, lot like a deck building game called Dominion. If anybody has yeah. the game Dominion, and it's a very, you know, take it or leave it sort of game where I've talked to people where either they love it or they hate it and I'm one of those people where if I see a box of Dominion I'm like I need to play this who wants to play Dominion with me Dominion is the best game ever here pick your cards do this do that and on top of that I love D&D I I'm a dungeon master in for for people I and and the, the this takes I think the best elements of both where you're building a deck and you're making yourself powerful and you're going through this, uh, you know, world against a larger-than-life individual like a DM who controls all of fate, all of your fate. And then all of a sudden, all the boring combat of D&D, uh, for those of you who have never played D&D, D&D is a game where a six-hour walk through a forest takes five minutes and a five-hour co- and a five-minute combat takes five hours. Right. So... Um, <laughs> Uh, this makes the combat quick, entertaining, and if you like no. deck games, you'll like this game. And if you like hack and slash games, you'll like this game. Like who who doesn't like either of those games? I people. I do. <laughs> I do actually. I mean, obviously, it's like you said, it's an early access, so you you have to assume that they're going to be adding new features and whatnot. Yep. Um, but one of the things that I'm hoping they're going to add because I, I first, well, actually, two things. One. I think it needs to be optimized better because it was really slow on loading. Was that- You're not alone in that. That was actually something I was going to talk about. Right. This is the, this is very early access. Like this is early access version one point two. So I, it, it's it, it is not the most stable of builds. I actually had it crash on me twice while I was playing through some. I didn't have any um, crashes. It was just the optimization. I, I think that I think probably what they're going for not being a game developer so i don't know how this these sort of things play out but i feel like they probably want to get core mechanics and things added into the game before they start being like okay where can we start cutting stuff off of the you know processes so that this thing can run smoothly but 
honestly, like in terms of talking about making or breaking a game, that optimization is going to be key in this thing being worth the $25 price tag currently on Steam. I really be- would find I find it hard to believe that they wouldn't address that issue. So like I said, yeah, being yeah, early yeah. access. The, yeah. the second thing is, um, like you were mentioning, hack and slash combat. Like it's cool. Uh, hack and slash combat in any game is cool, but it gets old really fast. So I'm hoping that because um, I actually I went through one of their boss battles, um, and you know there's kind of a cool little uh, I guess pattern you could say to it, yeah. Um, which kind of made made you know through a little bit uh, of a difference in there. But for the most part, hack and slash gets old. Um, so I'm hoping yeah, that, that they're going to add board with all of the. Um like the you know the the Arkham style combat mm-hmm. that's getting really popular now it, it sort of well they they kind of try and do that but it's not again it's not like really where it needs to be yeah. yet it's not as um smooth. yeah it's not smooth or polished so it's so it's hard to judge at this point being early access but um i think they not only do they need to smooth that out but also um add something in there other than the hack and slash like maybe Maybe a puzzle or something like yeah. You know, or in there. So you can find treasure because right. like a big point in D anD D is you come to a room, it's empty, and then someone's like, "I want to search for a secret door." Right. All of a sudden, that comes in. You come into a room and you're popped into a room. Right. So maybe and, like, search that room for puzzles to figure it out, and and I think that'd be really cool. Yes. And, so so maybe he maybe they're gonna plan on on putting that in there, or maybe they'll listen to the show and put it in there uh that would be cool because we've had people take our suggestions which is always a good feeling but if it's too if it's if it's too much to add and this is going back to any uh a failure of any games because this is early access any games will die if there are a lot of really cool ideas that don't get implemented properly and turn the game into a development hell yeah take it especially in a and especially in a game like this where you're putting so so many unique different mechanics into it roguelike action rpg deck builder i mean that's a lot of that's pretty ambitious (laughs) So don't get too ahead of yourselves. Like if you have yeah. to, make it a complete game and polish it and everything like that, and then you know update content yeah. updates so, and everything like so, that. So so here's a question for for the two co-hosts here. This game gets polished, it gets released, worth twenty five dollars. Oh fucking a heartbeat. Twenty five bucks. Uh, in a heartbeat. I I I would say yes, assuming that they that they gets to where it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I'm I'm trying to well considering that um Magic the Gathering Duels of the Plane Planeswalkers is a literally just a card game and it costs twenty dollars and this is adding um D D aspects and hack and slash aspects for another mm. five, obviously pick this up. That's true. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, I, I, it's hard to say at this point because because it's it's you don't know where it's going to be in the end. Right, but right. but I think when, yeah, when this gets released, pick it up. Yeah, when it when so. it gets released, if you don't buy it on on early access, and and I understand not doing so if if that's your cup of tea, but uh, but at the same time, if you have twenty five dollars to to just throw at them, I would, I would suggest that's it. how I they get. It. But if you yeah. if you're listening to this, you know months or years down the road and they've already uh you know released the game and it is is polished or even just and in you beta. don't like it yeah. you can come back to this episode and then message me and be like no you son of a bitch that was a horrible game and i will personally refund one person their 25 bucks <laughs> well, also, you also have to think about it like this like there are a lot of reviews on steam that have 23 hours played um, 19 hours played, 25 hours played, 11 hours played. Like, 
that's that's a lot of time to be playing a game that costs twenty five dollars. Like there are some games that are that are on Steam that are, and, and I, I go back to this a lot. Um, if if I can't play a game for a long amount of time and be and be happy with that game for a just like a normal amount of time, like can I read a novel in this time? No, then I don't think I enjoyed this game enough for that price. And like twenty hours, yeah. like. That's I was going to say 20 a time to play a game. That was the one thing that probably tips it to the point of yes, buy it for 25 bucks because you're talking about replayability and exactly. you're talking like it's a deck building game and it's a roguelike. So those always like inherently have replayability yeah. because that's Especially the whole, that's the whole thing. Yeah. So, and, and you know, every time, every time you play through it, you get new cards and then it's, and then it's a new, uh, it's a new game all over when you play again, because you get I, new, new cards and it's randomized. The, the only hesi- one of the hesitations that I do have with deck building card based games is the ease of adding DLC by the developer. Like, oh, you get you know just 15. as long as there's no microtransactions. Well, e- exactly. Like microtransactions are one thing. I I personally don't like DLC, and there are games that I've loved that have been that have had sequels. Free that- updates is where that exactly. If, if you add free updates or even like um like additions to the game that expansions add, yeah expansions again like make an expansion that's a little bit more expensive that adds a completely new element to the game or something like that i will i will jump on but if it's extra cards or like oh you can do this now and it's two dollars i'm like i don't care and they got a so, nice uh vo- just to point out they have a nice voice actor for uh the guy that's like dealing out the cards and everything like that and he's, he's also the same voice actor in their, their little trailer yeah they better yeah, it's a nice voice actor. Good, if they don't have a good voice actor for the DM, there's no point. <laughs> that is true. That's like the main thing. But maybe, maybe like another thing they could add is just maybe some uh, more interactive. Um, uh, what do you call? It? Why can't I think of yeah. NPCs? Is what I'm trying to yeah. say. Yeah. Um, maybe I, something like yeah. that. But overall, uh, definitely at least keep your eye out on it. In if not, pick it up and right. play it if you have a good computer that probably won't hopefully crash it. <laughs> uh and if you uh if you don't have 25 dollars well before before oh. i do that because we kind of skipped over a couple of things i was letting yeah. you guys talk um no uh props props to defiant development i have not been this excited about a a, a, a early access game in a while and uh it is available on all three operating systems so Absolutely. That is yeah, cool, especially yeah. That's that's hard to do. It's to make three different ports for it. Yeah. As far as OSs go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like as I was saying, uh, <laughs> if you don't have twenty five dollars, you can also uh, play the game that's in our free fun section because it's free. It is, it is going to drive you to madness. Free, free fun. This game started back in two thousand and two. The movie that was released. I'm making this. Really <laughs> you're, I was gonna say you're making it really dramatic, the, like the, the Flash movie, like that Morgan was Freeman on <laughs> on Planet Earth, called called Madness Combat, started taking the internet, at least this little site called Newgrounds, by storm. By 2003, the game Madness Interactive had hit your faces, and I can't <laughs> tell you how many hours I sank into just sitting in the sandbox mode shooting weird gray people with really weird odd guns. It's really weird how simplistic yeah. 
and how, but but how like I don't know. It's complex. Going. Yeah. Exactly. It, 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 it's a dichotomy. Free. Yeah. And and then you fast forward nine years to 2012, when Madness Project Nexus drops on your faces. And let me tell you, if you haven't played a Madness game for just, a while, just like say 2012. Had, yeah, 2012. That's when it came out. Project. Oh yeah, yeah, good, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't played a Madness game since I have, you need to click on the link in the description and play this crazy shooting story game because holy crap, this guy knows what he's doing. Everyone who is a part of this knows what they are doing. This is a <laughs> this is a formula that has worked for them. It is so so good. And like the, you can play through a story, or you can play through arenas, and it's like I think I think people are really excited about the arena, uh, the arena mode in this. Yeah, it seems like because like it's very fun. They have a, they had a Kickstarter for Project Nexus two, and it got funded. I think it was like a little over fifty thousand. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. And people, I think I think the majority of people are like, oh my god, the arena mode. It's weird because in my maybe it's just me, but arena mode in my head is just like ugh, like it gets old. I think I think what it is is but, a lot of people went went through watching the the madness combat videos, yeah, and then to sort of play through a story that was made by uh, that, that that was in the same universe might feel a little bit odd for some people. So instead, they're just like, oh, I wonder what that gun he was using. Oh, what does it do to this person? Oh, it blows his face off. Awesome. What does this do? Oh, it blows his legs off. He's crawling towards me. Oh, I'm going to stomp on his face. I guess that's true. Like the, the eye with the screwdriver. I think, and that's what I like. I was going to say, I'm not a fan of arena mode in just about any game. But this game, I think it, it could just be the just the complete carnage. <laughs> yeah. Or, it's, you know, it's one of those games that you could just play. Like you said, you were sinking hours into it. And you just, you're not even thinking. You're just like, I must shoot th- gray things. And yep. see blood spread out of their skulls. And, and that's another thing. Like, this is mindless, mad violence. This but, is madness. Okay. But okay. Because, because it, like, because they aren't, like, very human people. Like, you know, like, that's a dude over there. He he might have a family. No, he's just he's just a gray dude with a, with a cross on his face with a blobby body, and he's holding a gun. Shoot him in the head. Although, although they do have Jesus. That's true. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Zombie Jesus. Yep, so Jesus. if you're offended by that, maybe don't play it. But well, but I mean, like, come on, man! Like, it's a game where I feel like somebody would who who would get offended by Zombie Jesus would probably not play this in the first place. Significantly before that even shows up, right? Yeah, that's true. So, oh, and the music, oh, the music's so good. Oh, the music has always been good. So yeah, free fun. Madness Project Nexus. Link in the description. Play it. Play all the old ones. Watch all the things. It yeah. Ma- there's a reason. There's a Madness Day. Yeah. Madness yeah. Day on Newgrounds already passed, but it's cool. And yeah. uh, so, like I said, their and their Kickstarter is already completed. But keep an eye out for Project Nexus Two, and uh, they had the Kickstarter for that. So it's if fifty thousand dollars, it's going to be huge compared to the one that they didn't yeah. get any money for, except for you know maybe like some ad rev share. Ad- yeah, but um, yeah, look out for it. To be con- uh, how many times was this played? I want to make sure that I over I nine million. This- yeah. So <laughs> considering that this game was. Was played over nine million times. Uh, that I guess that goes to show how how much they uh, a how much they 
care about making a game that's fun and B, uh, what they might be able to do with $50,000. So good job. Crinkles and the Swain. Oh yeah. Uh, well, you know, uh, you know what this means since we're done talking about project Nexus, you don't have to go to bed, but you can't stay here. What? Wait, that's the wrong. Anyway, that's not the lyrics. (laughs) Uh, this is the end of the show. And uh, the end of the show means, first of all, that those of you listening live, just so you know, on our recorded version, we have music playing in the background. And this week's featured musical artist is Jack O'Dell. And if you don't, if you recognize that name, that's because Jack O'Dell uh, was mentioned in our last episode. He's the he's one of the programmers and the composer of uh, Poncho, um, which is Get that boss song on the album. Absolutely, get it on the album. Yeah. I want. I will buy it. We'll link his Bandcamp uh, page into our description in the YouTube video. Um, Rev, you want to link his Bandcamp yep, yep. in the chat? And uh, check it out there. And uh, also, those of you in the live stream, we also have uh, gameplay footage and, and bumpers and everything like that. And it's all edited nice and pretty and everything. Uh, but uh, those of you who are listening to the recorded version, we, of course, have a live version on hitbox.tv slash Josh and Yeah. Um, if you know someone who is an indie game uh, musician or an indie game dev or anything indie game related, let us know. Let them know to contact us. Or if you are yourself uh, one of those people, contact us and we could feature your, your work on our show because we love supporting the indie game community. Um, speaking of supporting the indie game community, uh, we are also running an Indiegogo campaign currently. If you would find it in your hearts to give us a little bit of help... Um, a dollar or more, anything helps at all, or even just sharing the link uh, would be wonderful because we are trying to improve the show for you and for the indie game community. The better show means that we can do more um, to help the indie game community and the games that we feature and uh, lays a foundation for the much bigger plans that we have uh, in the future. And if you uh, want to know what those are, just visit the Indiegogo page because it's all explained there. Uh, to contact us, you can go... What, were you going to say something? I was just going to be like, we've got a lot of ways for that. Yeah, a lot of ways to contact <laughs> us. I thought you were going to interrupt me. I was like, okay, come on, bring it on. Uh, <laughs> to, I was Englishing this time. Those of you listening live, you can check us out on YouTube.com slash Josh and Yaw Gaming. And uh, contact us on there if you want to through comments or message or whatever. Twitter.com, you can contact us at IGR Podcast. Reddit.com, we have a subreddit. Reddit.com slash r slash Riot. Facebook.com slash IGR podcast. Uh, our website for the time being is igrpodcast.webs.com, which will hopefully change through Indiegogo funding. Uh, that was one of our top priorities to get uh, f- more functional, to get a more functional website so we can get uh, feature games more prevalently, I guess is the right yeah. words. And uh, finally, you can contact us via email to uh Gaming at gmail.com uh enable the evolution brought to you by dominoes anything else <laughs> <laughs> other than that next episode hopefully rev and i won't be so tired i'm planning on doing a lot of sleeping i am <laughs> i'm i am glad that uh the show is no longer hung over because that was bullshit yeah. Now we have uh, jobs. yeah uh but anyway say goodbye gentlemen see you next time guys Have a good one, folks. Toodles.
He basically just, he's basically like, I want you guys to say, I am Groot, just like randomly throughout your show. And I'm like. Do we have to say it like him? Because I, uh, I can do my best Vin Diesel, but it's probably not going to yeah, be like no, It's not hard. Just punch yourself in the throat and shove a couple of packs of cigarettes down. I am Groot. I um, am Groot. I am Groot. I am Groot. I am Groot. Groot. We're making like Rev Jizz's pants over here. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> 